Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast, presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. In today's show, Kevin Ingram joins us. And we'll talk about Vanderbilt's loss at Auburn in basketball. We'll also look ahead to baseball and the Oklahoma State Series. So with that, let's get right to our interview with Kevin Ingram. Kevin Ingram, play-by-play voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores, joins me now where he is fresh in from Auburn where Vanderbilt played a game last night, Kevin, that I think was more interesting than a lot of us thought it would be for much of the night. Um, Welcome to the program. Hope your trip home was safe and that was quite a show those teams put on for a while last night yeah it really was chris i thought vanderbilt played really really well in the first half in fact i thought it was one of the best half they played the whole season certainly the uh the best start uh jumped out in front 11 nothing and 14 to 3 against auburn which is certainly one of the best teams in the country and a team capable of winning a national championship and to see that team and that place in person was really something it's a great home court advantage they have uh, at Auburn Arena. The students right there up close around the court. and They, they just have a fantastic team. Uh, Jabari Smith was, was red hot. He hit seven threes and scored 31 points, and it was almost unstoppable there at times. Uh, you try to get a hand in his face, and at 6'10", he just rises up over you and, and shoots the jumper. And Walker Kessler, the nation's leader in blocks, had seven more, and he scored 21 points and had a good night as well for Auburn. But I thought Vanderbilt did a lot of really good things in that game. Scotty Pippen Jr. again, you know, when you play the, the highest level competition and the best teams, he seems to have his best games. And had another one last night with 29 points. Uh, they started the two bigs together for the same at the same time for the first time with Liam Robbins and Clinton Laura Brown, both in the starting lineup. And we saw Liam give him some good production, uh, had a jump hook early in the game, had a three-pointer and had a slam. And uh, hopefully a glimpse of things to come in these uh, final weeks of the season. But uh, it was neat to see uh, Liam and, and Q out there together to start the game. But all in all, I thought Vanderbilt did a great job of uh, leading for most of the first half. Auburn took the lead by four at halftime, and they battled for a while in the second half, and Auburn kind of pulled away. Uh, they're one of those teams where you, you feel like you're playing well, and they're still uh, opening up the margin a little bit against you. So all in all, I thought it was a, a really good performance by Vanderbilt at Auburn last night. Yeah, I, I thought Scotty was tremendous most of the night, and I thought that was more impressive by the fact that Rodney Chapman didn't play. Yeah, Rodney uh, found out yesterday that uh, he wasn't going to be in the starting lineup or, or play last night, maybe down for a little while. Uh, he had that string injury week for a bit uh, after that. He hurt it at Arkansas uh, in the first SEC game of the season. You know, he's become a big factor for this team. His uh, veteran presence and bringing the ball up the floor and allowing Scotty to play off the ball a little bit more. So that's a big loss. And we got that news yesterday. I thought, boy, that's that's really tough, especially playing against a team like Auburn that has so many fast and quick players and guards that are you know, experienced and really good. And um, yeah, that's that was a loss uh, not having Chapman out there. But yeah, it was it was an impressive performance, even though uh, number three wasn't on the court last night. Yeah, what did you think about his decision making? Because sometimes those are games where it suffers a little bit. But he was six assists to three turnovers, and, and especially when you get twenty nine points to go with that, and fourteen to sixteen from the line. I mean, you, you can't expect much better than that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the decision making process against Auburn 
comes into when you get into the paint. Yeah. You do if Walker Kessler I know where this there. is going, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought Vanderbilt did a good job a few times bringing him out away from the basket and, and giving others lanes to get to the bucket. Uh, you, you saw that a number of times last night. If you can walk him out to the three-point line to where he, you know, he can't come over and help if somebody drives into the paint, uh, maybe it gives you a better chance to score. But, yeah, Scotty was, he was really good. At times during the course of the season, you've seen him drive into the basket and you know, maybe step out of bounds or maybe make a, a pass that uh, uh, ends up in the wrong hands. But I, I thought overall he made really good decisions in that game last night. And, yeah, you know, he's really overall had a tremendous season and has played really well. So, uh, yeah, that, that was certainly one of his better games against Auburn last night. Well, I think the hope coming into the season for him to play maybe more like 30 to 32 a game or so rather than the yeah. the 36 to 40 he seemed to play all the time last year. But I don't see how you avoid that going forward. No, if Rodney Chapman is unable to play, then yeah, Scotty's going to see his minutes inch on up there toward 37, 38 probably. And he didn't come out for the longest time in that first half last night. Uh, but yeah, he's you're to the point in the season where you got to have them and you, you got to put your best guys out there. And, you know, it was interesting before the uh, injury to Chapman, uh, that kept him out last night, you're seeing that starting five play over 30 minutes, all five of those players. When you talk about uh, Pippen and Wright and, and Chapman and Studi and Melora Brown, those guys were seeing their minutes climb up over 30 on a pretty regular basis. Uh, now we'll see things maybe distributed a little bit differently with the, uh, the injury to Chapman, but uh, yeah, Scotty, you know, you're going to play heavy minutes, I and mean, that's just a fact of life, uh, and you try to get in some rest where you can in these games. Well, I think my biggest question going forward is, can, can they give Lee and Robbins 24 minutes or more every night? I, I was surprised to see that kind of workload that early, although they, they kind of are where they are and maybe didn't have much of a choice if they wanted to be competitive. I'm just wondering what you think is realistic for him on minutes the rest of the way. Yeah, that's hard to say. I think he played 23 minutes the last night's game, 23-24. Uh, that was the most by almost double of what he had played any of the other previous games. It had been like you know, 13 and 11 and 14 or something like that in his three previous appearances. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he'll probably see his minutes uh, beyond up there in the high teens, maybe low 20s, uh, especially as he finds his way back into more of game shape. You know, it feels like, and really through no fault of his own, it's just the, the situation with his injury. It's almost like he's in November shape trying to play in February and uh, kind of get back up to speed. But you really saw some of his skill last night. And, you know, I've seen him practice quite a bit. But, you know, in a game setting, that was the most we'd seen of his uh, offensive skills in that game at Auburn. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. 
His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. I know the circumstances are a lot different, but it felt a little bit like old school ladies basketball just just in seeing the guys on the floor when you actually had true two true big men on the floor at the same time for each team. <laughs> yeah, you don't see a lot of uh, – you don't even see guys listed at center much anymore either. And, uh, you know, Robbins was listed at center for the starting lineups. I think they even had Walker Kessler to forward. But, yeah, in this day and age where uh, the, the parts are more interchangeable than they've ever been in, in basketball, uh, yeah, you don't see those – you know, two guards, a center, and two forwards very often anymore. It's almost always two forwards and three guards, or maybe one forward and four guards is, is how it looks. But, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting to see those alignments last night. Jermaine Mann went down for a while. Uh, what was the extent of what happened to him? Is that going to be something that carries over going forward? Uh, when he went down, he was holding his left knee, and it looked like he was big trouble. It looked like he was, he was hurt pretty badly. That happened in the first half. And the good news was that he was back up and into the game by the time halftime arrived. So uh, I guess he was able to, to shake it off and, and at least be okay to play some more. Uh, he's battled, battled the knee some this season. He had a stretch where he had to sit down for a few games uh, with a knee problem. Uh, I believe he tweaked it on the, uh, the Hawaii trip, if I remember correctly, uh, maybe in like the first practice after we got out to Honolulu. But uh, down a bit over on the bench he was okay and uh brandon wolf got a chance to look at him what do you think shane dazoni's role will be going forward it seems like he's in that nine to twelve minute mark every night uh, the production hasn't been there but i just think he's a talented kid who they could benefit from getting him some experience because i think he's going to be have have to be one of the guys that really takes a bigger role for them a year from now yeah, I think you're right about that, Chris. Uh, yeah, I, I think for Shane, this stretch here with Rodney Chapman out is, is probably going to be uh, important and maybe beneficial for him that he does see more playing time. Uh, he's seen his playing time kind of go up and down, but you see some nice performances out of him, and you, you see glimpses of the future. He looks like a really promising player, and I think he's one of the players on this team who's, who's grown and gotten better over the course of the season. You know, a true freshman and a, and a, a well-thought-of player coming out of Pennsylvania, so... Yeah, I, th- I think for him, uh, whatever experience he can gain this season is going to help him going forward. Where they are going to rely on on him and some others uh, next year, and, and certainly some of it depends on uh, whether Scotty Pippen Jr. is still around or not uh, going into what would be a senior season next year. Let's talk baseball for a few minutes. Vanderbilt opens on Friday against Oklahoma State. I guess the big talk of Wednesday was Tim Corbin's releasing his rotation. In order, they go Chris McIlvain, Nick Maldonado, and Carter Holton. I think that if you'd asked 100 people who follow Vanderbilt baseball a month ago, what's the rotation going to be and in what order? I don't know that anyone would have gotten that that right in that order. What was your take on all that? Uh, I wasn't totally surprised that Maldonado was in the rotation. Uh, McIlvain, to me, being the open day starter is really interesting. Uh when you say McIlvain and Maldonado, I almost expect the next name to follow to be Murphy because yeah, uh, yeah. I, call, I called them the three, the three M's last year when, I mean, it was basically you get the game to about the sixth inning and those guys take you to the finish line. Uh, but I think all are capable. 
Uh, you saw McIlvain and Maldonado both in long release roles in various points last season where they go out there and maybe throw it at times three innings or sometimes in McIlvain's case, I think he was out there for maybe four or five a couple times where you know the starter maybe in a Sunday game didn't last very long and, and he would get out there and uh, and really eat up some innings. And if I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I seem to remember that maybe he started a game or two last year. So um, I, I think all those guys are, are capable and, well, you get a good test right away facing Oklahoma State. Uh, it kind of depends on what polls you look at, but some of them have them ranked in, in the top ten. So, yeah, this uh, will, will be a good test on opening weekend and yeah, certainly uh, not going to be the finished product that we see in these first three games, but it's sort of a, a starting point for 2022. And uh, we'll see how this rotation and really just the, the pitching in general evolves over the course of the year. One thing you know is this program has some great arms and nothing ever changes in that regard. And Scott Brown does a great job with him and, uh, to see a, a left-handed starter uh, and Carter Holton, who throws hard and uh, looks like he has a chance to, to be an impact player as a freshman, to me that's really interesting as well because you think about these last couple of years and the starting pitchers they've had, it's been pretty right-handed heavy as far as the starters go. Uh, you know, Certainly you've had left-handers who have, who have made big impacts, but mostly out of the bullpen. So uh, I was really impressed with Carter Holton. starting this weekend yeah i feel like they may have more lefty options uh or maybe at least more lefties on the roster than they've had the last couple of years that's been a a shortage for them at times it has and you think about kamar rocker and jack Leiter and uh pretty much everybody who started last season was a right-hander i mean christian little we saw him a lot in the, uh, the midweek games in a starting role so yeah boy that that left-hander if you have a really good left-hander it can it can take you a long way and uh, be a big difference maker, throwing teams off off their game a little bit, uh, especially one that throws really hard. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what Holton's going to be about uh, when, when the games really count. The biggest mystery to me is bullpen architecture. Do you have any feeling on how they set that up? I don't really. Um, I know they probably tried a lot of different guys in different roles as we've gone through the uh, the training league and leading into the regular season. Uh Obviously, the, the two guys that they're going to start in these first two games are big pieces last year in McIlvain and Maldonado, but hey, you certainly have a, you know, a full arsenal of lines of arms available, I should say. So all that, I, I would think, would take shape here over these next few weeks. And maybe by the time you get into SEC play, when we roll into March, some of those things become a little bit more clear and defined. I think their lineup's going to be really good because I look across the board and they, they got everything in there. They got speed, they got power, they got experience. I'm not saying it's LSU or Ole Miss, but I think they're going to be pretty good there. Oh, I don't think there's much question about that. I mean, the, the lineup is, is rock solid. Uh, you look at most of the positions and they're going to have guys they can plug in who played a lot of baseball and who played in the College World Series and played in SEC games. And, uh, you know, it starts at the top with Enrique Bradfield, who you know, the, the thinking, and Coach Corbin was talking about this the other day, that you know he's, he's not played as a sophomore. He's making that jump from freshman to sophomore. Well, he, he was already becoming a significant factor pretty early last season, and you know people had to account for him right away. So, uh, yeah, maybe he's pitched a little bit differently, and, and people try different things to, to keep him off base. But he also hope that he's evolved as a hitter from year one to year two, and uh, and we'll, we'll see how he does in his second season after an amazing freshman year. Uh, but, man, you go around that infield, and you know we're going to see Dominic Keegan behind the plate, probably going to see Jack Bulger some in, in a catching role. 
Uh, Kate Coley played first base. Uh, we see some of the young guys around the infield. David Diaz, I know they're excited about him. Uh, but, but Carter Young back and healthy playing shortstop. Hopefully the, the shoulder injury is well behind him. Uh, you got Parker Nolan who played and had a, a terrific season. Uh, we saw him a lot at third base. And I think a guy who's really intriguing is Spencer Jones who we've not seen very much in the field over the time he's been here. He's battled injuries. Uh, mostly when we've seen a bat, it's been in a DH role. You know, Can he become uh, the type of player that they hoped uh, coming out of California when he arrived here? And uh, Coach Corbin was really raving about his defense in right field the other day. So uh, maybe uh, that, that'll be a, a guy you can plug into that spot and, and really be effective there. But uh, Troy Eve and Jack Bolger are really good. So, Man, so many options, it feels like, with experienced guys who have played a lot and uh, could be a big part of this lineup. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. You look across, you feel like Bradfield's going to be really good again. You feel like Keegan's going to be a, a really good three or four hitter. Carter Young really improved a year ago. If he's healthy, I think he can be a big force for them again. But then you just got so many wild cards. Like, you, you saw Troy Laneve really step up and, and be huge for them in spots. Spencer Jones the range of outcomes there is maybe as big as any player in the league. I mean, he was getting a lot of buzz as a high first-round pick not long ago, that kind of thing. I just think that you got the commodities you pretty much know, but you got a lot of guys laying out there in the weeds that could have all SEC-type seasons too that I don't know that mainstream SEC fans are, are spending a lot of time talking about. Right. Uh, Troy Lenin to me is a really interesting one because – he came out of nowhere last year and had a few weeks where he was as hot as any player in the league. Uh, you think about the walk-off home run against Kentucky, and just, I mean, that was the tip of the iceberg for him. He had a bunch of big hits and extra hits. Jack Bolger started out last season. He was the opening day left fielder when uh, Cooper Davis got hurt. And uh, I don't remember if he got hurt or was just out of the lineup for a while. Um, Actually, yeah, I think Cooper I, I got hit in the face with a pitch yeah, on the first at-bat, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, his first at-bat on opening day, as I said that, I, I recalled that. And Jack Bolger got a lot of reps in left field. Uh, maybe not the, the starter on opening day, but certainly played a lot in, in that role and uh, hit the ball well and showed us some power from the right side of the plate. So, yeah, you got some guys who, uh, and it's always the case with this program, you might have to wait your turn a little bit, but you're going to get a chance, and uh, we'll see if those guys can produce. You know, I, I'm sure it was just, conditioning and stuff relating to 2020 I'm sure that had a, a play or a part in it but it was crazy to me to watch how many guys they got I, I think I think literally they had an injury to maybe every single starter in their lineup other than Parker Nolan I know Bradfield didn't miss any games but I don't think he was 100% in Omaha with the, with the hamstring or whatever the issue was there I mean Tim's team's you might see a bad year, a couple of significant injuries, maybe at once, but last year, I've never seen anything like that, and I think one positive is there's almost no way that happens again. <laughs> you hope not anyway. Yeah, they, the, the basketball uh, team would like a word here, right? Yeah, yeah, we have a, the basketball program on line one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were a bunch of injuries to, to a lot of different folks, but they were able to sort of move people around and plug and play and, and make it work. You think about the whole situation. Take Colwick was out for a long time and, you know, Parker Noland uh, filled in capably. And, and then when Carter Young got hurt, you moved Colwick over to shortstop and he played really well. So yeah, you hope, you know, and they always do all the cross training where they play at different positions and learn those spots. And that seems to serve the guys well. And, um, and I think Dominic Keegan catching 
this year is really interesting. He played first base all but about one game last season. Uh, he caught, if I remember right, the game against FIU, the last regular season uh, non-conference home game. Uh, he caught that game. I, I believe that was the only time he was behind the plate the whole season. Uh, played first base and played it really well. Um, I, and I think Dominic will be an interesting uh, study as well. Catching is such a tough position. It takes you know so much out of your body to play that position every single game. C.J. Rodriguez played a remarkable amount of games behind the plate last season. And I wonder if when he got to the end of the year, if he was a little beat up too from, from just the wear and tear of playing that position. You know, If you're going to play Dominic behind the plate quite a bit, are you going to have to have some games to where you, you play him at first base to keep his bat in the lineup, but also give him a little break from that? Uh, that that part is going to be interesting to me to see how some of that shakes out. Yeah, they, they have plenty of catching options that can hit. Right. So it'll just be the, the defense. Um, let's talk Oklahoma State. The on-base percentages up and down that lineup were absurd. They got some kids who can mash a little bit. This is maybe going to be the most challenging lineup they pitched to, oh, goodness, potentially all year, at least until maybe the, the May portion of the college season. I just think Oklahoma State is really, really good. Yeah, they, they are. They have a couple of guys who are preseason all-conference or all-American-type players, and they have some power. and uh, some, some returning guys, uh, you know, and studying their roster a little bit, not, not fully uh, in-depth as, as much as I will maybe this time tomorrow, but – uh, they, they've added quite a few uh, first-year players to the mix. They have some uh, transfers. I think there's one from Northern Kentucky that hit 20 home runs last year. And so, yeah, you, you've certainly got uh, did the series when Vanderbilt played out there last year. And uh, one thing I can pretty much be assured of, although today might not be any indication, there's no way it could be possibly as windy as it was for the series in Stillwater last year. Uh, it, it felt like there was nowhere to hide from the wind. There's a giant American flag in right field behind the foul pole, and uh, it was just starched. It felt like the whole time we were out there. Uh, Vanderbilt, the, the first game uh, on Friday got postponed, so they played a doubleheader on Saturday, and Vanderbilt swept, and then Oklahoma State won the finale on Sunday in uh, O'Brate Stadium, which is one of the nicest places that has to have been ever built for college baseball. But this is going to be a great challenge. They have some really good teams, or some really good players, or a good team, and well-coached, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see uh, the Commodores and Cowboys match up again this weekend. Well, I'm going to blame you if the weather goes sideways because literally the second you said that, a gust of wind popped up outside our house and is rattling God knows what around my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it looks like an interesting afternoon here. Hopefully uh, everybody will be safe and uh, the, the, the worst of the weather will stay away. Yeah, I, and, and back to state, seriously, I'm interested to see how they pitch. They've got Justin Campbell, who I presume they'll see on Friday, who's a first-team All-American type guy, was really a lead a year ago, 84 innings, 102 strikeouts, 27 walks, 257 ERA. But the guys behind that, and I know the perception is State's got talent, um, but I'm looking at what D1 has got projected as the starters. They've got Victor Medeiros as their two 44 innings, 5'11 ERA a year ago. Bryce Osmond, 57 innings, a 742. And then Trevor Martin, their top reliever, had 31 innings of a 460. I know ERA is not everything, uh, but it's going to be very interesting to see, like, whether what percept. I know perception is that they got a lot of arms, but, you know, looking at the stat sheet, uh, they need to prove it, which, of course, you can say for Vanderbilt, too. 
Yeah, I think you probably say that for a lot of teams around the country at this point in the season, in the middle of February, getting ready for the year to start. Uh, yeah, for Oklahoma State, I'm certainly a, a, the, the top preseason All-American, All-Conference player there at the top of the rotation, but maybe question marks after that. Uh, but yeah, you know, they'll, they'll answer some questions about their pitching this weekend as well, just the same as, as Vanderbilt will, and uh, we'll see how this Commodore lineup performs against those guys. And uh, yeah, it's, it's so funny. You go into this opening series, you never really know what you have until you play against somebody different. You know, Oklahoma State, they had a good season last year. They made it all the way to the championship game of the Big 12 tournament. They played in the Tucson Regional, uh, ended up losing a couple times. They, did, they actually didn't play Arizona, but uh, they, they were knocked out and came up short as far as advancing to the Supers. But uh, they had a good season last year and uh, look like they're going to be a good program again this year. Picked second in the uh, Big 12 behind only Texas, which is certainly one of the best teams in college baseball. Kevin, I'm going to do one mailbag question, and I'll get you out of here. Okay. The mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, please call Taylor or Russell, that number, 846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Top Shelf Fee wants to know, could Chapman be granted an extra year of eligibility based on how few games he will have played because of injuries? Uh, I'm not totally clear on that. I sort of get the feeling that this is it for him. Um, however, the season goes from here. I don't know that I would, I don't know that he is able to play another year. Uh, this is his fifth year. Um, so I, I don't have a totally clear answer on that question as far as Rodney Chapman and, and whether he could come back for one more, but I've, I've sort of gotten the feeling that, that this might be it. Um, I don't want to speak out of turn on that because I don't know for sure, but, uh, Boy, I just hope he can come back sooner rather than later and uh, still be an impact player for Vanderbilt as we get into these uh, final weeks of the season. Kevin, you have got a very, very busy but exciting weekend ahead of you. Tell folks about where they can find you, what's coming up at the school, on the broadcasts, uh, on your website, podcasts, anything like that 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 you'd like to promote on your way out <laughs> yeah we got a bunch going on that's, that's a uh, mouthful Allegret. isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah andrew allegret and i just recorded the uh the podcast our anchor podcast go to the the anchor podcast page on apple and spotify you can find that uh some good interviews going on there too i know dominic keegan on this week's show um as far as baseball friday 4 31st pitch i'll be on sec network plus um i'll be on friday and sunday for the tv broadcast uh, max hers will have saturday uh, on SEC Plus, Andrew will have the radio calls on the Vanderbilt Sports Network. And then I'll have uh, radio coverage of the basketball game against A&M on Saturday, 4.30 pregame, 5 o'clock tip-off for the Commodores and the Texas A&M Aggies, which uh, that's an important game in terms of the SEC standings. You start to look forward to Tampa, and you want to stay out of spots 11 through 14. And this is a game, if you can win it, will certainly help you there. Yeah, I think they're in pretty decent shape as far as that goes. I have a feeling they're going to avoid that that Wednesday night game. A lot of work to be yeah. done, like you said, but I, I'm liking their chances. Yeah, you hope so. You hope the tournament starts on Thursday rather than Wednesday. We'll keep our fingers crossed. All right, Kevin, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you again in two weeks. Sounds good, Chris. Anytime, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrisley70 at gmail.com. 
We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.